War Room the Hockey Podcast, episode 56 this week. Uh, we are discussing all about um, the playoffs, all about uh, the play-in, the play-in uh, round of things, um, amongst other other things involved with it regarding um, rumors or what they might do regarding fans and the crowd, if anything. Uh, different rumors of music being played, um, <laughs> Cardboard cutouts, whatever. Um, but it is, um, yep, this week is all about the playoffs, all about um, the, specifically the play-in um, round of the 2014 tournament uh, playoff setup. If you uh, got to do it this way, I don't, I don't object much to this way. I'd rather have seen them play the rest of the regular season, take an extra couple weeks. But if you've got to... If you've got a hybrid together, having the play-in round effectively creates approximately the same opportunity for everybody. And then having, I like the the top four seating, the round robin for seating. I think that's a good idea. It is. So. It is. So I, I think it's a situation where you can get away with not putting an asterisk next to the Stanley Cup winner. Yeah. Because you could argue this is going to be one of the toughest years to win the Stanley Cup with... 24 teams vying and all that stuff. So, um, anyways, there's uh, a lot of that. Uh, before anything, make sure you head to the necessary social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, specifically, there is a Twitter, although it's not used as much. Um, War Room the Hockey Podcast and at War Room the Hockey Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, respectively. Make sure you head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you subscribe, you rate and review, you share, um, you like, and uh, you talk about us with family and friends. Help us continue to grow. Episode 56, Warm the Hockey Podcast, all about the play-in uh, round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, phase two of things be- beginning in the next week or two. Phase two of the return, which will allow practice facilities to open up. Um, so we're continuing the steps, continuing the process of returning to hockey and closing out the season. So uh, as we get to that, uh, this week is all about the play-in round of the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs. We're in the Hockey Podcast, episode 56. We'll be right back with you. Podcast episode fifty six back with you play uh, play in round of the twenty twenty Stanley Cup playoffs. We are going to start in the East, uh, kind of give our take on each uh, matchup. Um, start bottom seed, twelfth uh, seed. Uh, interesting note: um, we s- stated a week or two ago um, that it was bracketed. It is not bracketed. Uh, they have announced that they are going to reseed with each. So highest each round as you move forward, the highest will play the lowest. So it's always made sense. So they're going to reseed it. So the highest seed yeah. remaining seed plays the lowest remaining seed all the way throughout rather than just keep it bracketed, which I like. Um, so starting in the East, we'll start um, the 5 and 12 matchup, which is Pittsburgh and Montreal. Carey Price. Carey Price to me is the anomaly. I think if uh, Montreal stands a chance against Pittsburgh, uh, Carey Price is the guy. Um, If I, I have, 
in my predictions here, I have Pittsburgh sweeping them in the f- best of five play in three three games to none. Um, I, that's the way I do, I have it going. The only way that I see that not coming, my prediction not coming true, is if Carey Price is uh, the standout. Yeah, and, and it's nothing against Domi or Druan no. or no. Weber or anything. It's just there's a reason why, under normal circumstances, Montreal would not have made the playoffs. And so, yeah, and Pittsburgh's got all that experience. Three cups with the core of that team, <clears throat> solid two-way goaltending, uh, solid down the middle. I think everybody's healthy, so Bukestad will be back. Um, they're going to be, and I'm I'm going to assume, even though there haven't been a, whole, a lot of announcements lately on injuries, that basically everybody's healthy except a couple of guys with ACLs. So when... You know, the, the injury reports from when they shut down in March to now, probably just nearly everyone is back. So we'll learn more about that in the coming week or 10 days. But, yeah, I'd have to I'd have to certainly give the nod to Pittsburgh. But, boy, the, the hot goaltender is a real wild card for sure. It is. Um, <clears throat> the, yeah, I, I see Pittsburgh walking through them if um, – Carry Price is anything less than stellar. They're going to have a little trouble scoring goals, which they usually have. Um, but you know, and I, I got to say, if if a few months from now Pittsburgh is in the final, I couldn't pretend to be shocked. No, no. Um, I guess that's kind of the way it falls this 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 year, especially with everything going on. Um, the top four seeds in each conference. And the winners of the play-in, yep. all of them, you could very well see in the finals, at, you know, in a realistic per, um, type of manner. So, so we'll both take Pittsburgh. I I got Pittsburgh. Um, we can debate on how many games it takes to to beat Montreal, but I got I have Pittsburgh in in three games in the best of five. Yeah, Price um, could snitch one, but I would go with that. I wouldn't I wouldn't think this series goes more than four. How about Carolina and the Rangers? Six and eleven matchup. Um, I have Carolina beating them three two. Best of five. I I'll take that bet. I I just there's too many question marks as stellar for me as um the few as stellar as their goaltending future is in New York. Yeah, there are still too many questions around that. Right? Who, who do you give the net? Who do to? you give the net to? Um, is Lundqvist the odd man out in the healthy scratch? Is right. he your backup? Is he in net? You know, what's going on um, and all that stuff. And as w- tremendous as Zabinijad was all year, and quite frankly, you know, we, we, strugg- we, we struggled keeping a straight face when talking about Panarin at the beginning of the year. Yep. But he played stellar yep. all year long. No question. Um, on a team that, quite frankly, didn't live up to expectation – with the hype around Caco and all these different things. So up until lately, now the, the, they're one of those teams that have to be fairly miffed about the shutdown because they were playing as about as well as anybody in the East when things closed up. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, but the point being that they, you know, they've got some question marks though, that, um, as well as they played down the stretch before the shutdown, um, that for me, the way Rob Brendamore has Carolina playing, and um, 
just up and down that Carolina lineup, that tenacity and the aggression that they play with. I just, I, I see, I see New York and, and the, I see that um, matchup being a quality uh, five game matchup. I do too. The, the equip, the play in equivalent of a seven game series, but I have Carolina ultimately coming out on top three, two in, in that series. The only question I have in Carolina really, as we, as you know, from previous podcasts, big fan of Rod Brindamore, big fan of the way they play the, the heart and soul they play with. I'm not convinced of their goaltending. So we'll see. There's a lot of matchups that you could say that about. Well, absolutely. So, I mean, you either you either find yourself being not convinced of the goaltending, or thinking that you know when and we'll get to the Toronto Columbus series if if Merzlikens is out of his mind, or Georgiev in New York or whoever gets that net. I mean, you get a you get the hot guy Bobrovsky or whomever. I, who knows what happens here? Yeah, so, I, I and that's the beauty of. That's the beauty of the play-in is they're all teams that were vying for the playoffs. Yeah. Not not a top, so anything can happen. One hot goaltender, or you know, any type of moment like that, and you you could see Montreal, you know, in the final. You could see you're you're you'll kind of laugh when I say this, but you could see Toronto in the final. I mean, anything at that point <laughs> could at anything yeah. at that point could happen. Oh, you're right. Hot goaltender, a couple of good bounces, stay healthy, but. As we get further on, uh, into the play in matchups, if you, with the exception of Pittsburgh, Montreal, which I think would be a just a colossal upset, Columbus, Toronto, Panthers, Islanders, and Rangers, Hurricanes, coin flips, all of them. Yep. Like nobody should be shocked. Uh, the win percentages are nearly the same. All those teams are, there is not a favorite in there. No, to me, no. there's not there of those six teams. It could anybody could come out of there, and anybody could go two or three rounds. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of it, seven ten matchup: Islanders Panthers. To me, that's a coaching matchup um, yeah. with two tremendous coaches and Barry Trotz and Joel Quenville. Good point. Um, two of the very best. To me, to me, it's a coaching matchup on, you know, the home ice stuff. You know, how well does a coach? Um, work the last change and work his matchups, um, things like that. On paper, the Islanders are far and away the better team. Um, Barzal, Lee, uh, Nelson, um, Grice and Varlamov in net, Boychuk on the back end, Letty and all that stuff. But to me, it's a coaching matchup. Um, of of the two coaches, whoever whoever handles their matchups, you know, Throughout gameplay, throughout that series, the best and it comes out on top. I yeah, and the, the, and those two guys, like if you had to pick one of those two, what would you do? Uh, tremendous respect for both of them as guys and as coaches. Uh, fabulous bodies of work uh, in both careers. So, I have again, I have the Islanders in five, so three two, Islanders uh, series win. Um, in a five-game series, that's that's how I see it falling. But well, as as Elaine Vigneault always was famous to say, if your goaler beats my goaler, you win. <laughs> so that's a if it's Bobrovsky or if it's Grice or whomever, then absolutely. But um, I don't know. I, I guess I I tend to question the goal scoring ability in Florida a little bit. Uh, neither team is really really potent, but. Yeah, they're both solid, both well coached, and 
and both solid all the way up and down from from goaltending on out. So there, yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't I wouldn't pick a favorite there. Uh, I probably on an experience alone would go with New York Islanders, but it's a total coin flip. No, I agree. I, um, but I am waiting for Barkoff to break out at some point in yeah. his career. He's that quality of a player. Yeah, um, he sure is. Now, and whether Huberto that's playing whether fantastic. that's uh, whether that's the F- Florida syndrome or it's <laughs> um, just haven't reached the you know that the pinnacle of your of your on ice career yet. Right. Um, I'm either way. I'm waiting for both of those two to really kind of break out. Um, a little bit, but moving on to our favorite matchup, the final, <laughs> the final one in the East, um, in the East play, uh, play in round, uh, the eighth, eighth seed Toronto Maple Leafs and the ninth seed Columbus Blue Jackets. Being the objective kind of guy that I am and always being able to look at through things through the lens of complete objectivity, uh, I do not like this matchup at all. As a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, as uh, from the from their standpoint, I do not like playing against this team. I've seen them play the Columbus Blue Jackets a handful of times in the last year and a half, and Columbus just manhandles them. These guys get uh, Felino and Boone Jenner and Pierre Luc Dubois. I mean, you got you got some big, huge, nasty bodies uh, on that team that. Where they get they get below the hash marks, and I don't know if Josh Anderson is healthy yet. I haven't heard anything so far there uh, with the shoulder injury, but he's another one. Toronto does not match up well with those kind of heavy teams, and and you could see it happen. And Torts is a smart guy. They every night that they play Toronto, they know if I know it, they know it. You know, months prior, you dump it down below the hash marks, and you just grind the snot right out of them and and you can see toronto wear down their time of possession goes down they uh columbus has a tremendously deep defense and you know merzlikens been playing as well as anybody ah, oh man i don't like that matchup I, is it a toughness matchup or is it a goaltending matchup in in amongst those teams those two teams those two teams uh <sighs> It's probably a toughness matchup to me, more so up. than a goalie matchup. Yeah, because you gotta you gotta believe that Freddie uh, in Toronto that he's. Here's the only question for me as far as the goaltending is concerned. I don't think I don't think you can give uh, an advantage to Merzlikens over Frederick Anderson. But if Freddie comes after a three month layoff, and he acts like it's October, he's in trouble. He is a notoriously slow starter. Uh, often does not really catch his game until the first part of December, and he doesn't. He's got he's got a week. <laughs> Sink or swim. So I I just don't like this matchup. I as much as it pains me to do so, I'm going to take Columbus. I have Columbus three uh, three one series win over Toronto. Four games, uh, three three games to one. Columbus moving on in that matchup. And can I say this again? And I know we say this off camera all the time, or I do. Kyle Dubas, someone, if anybody knows how to contact Kyle Dubas, tell him to sign Josh Anderson. 
Just tell him to forget the shoulder injury, forget everything else. He's going cheap. Go get this kid. He's a Toronto guy. He's a big bruiser. He can score. He's got everything that you don't have there. Go get this boy. Okay. Okay. How do you see? How do you have the East, the top four seeds in the East, falling? You meaning meaning who's in the round robin? In the round robin, meaning when it comes time to settle on on their seeding, who's one? Who's two? Who's three? Who's four? How do they? How do they settle? It's almost impossible to bet against the Boston Bruins, but I. I'm just playing a hunch here. These are two, these are four really, really well-matched teams. And if Carter Hart plays well in Philadelphia, and he has been, between the Capitals experience, the Bruins experience, Tampa's pure talent from one end of that lineup to the other, and the Flyers being much improved and very hard to play against, I got I, I like Tampa coming out on top of that four, no, that four okay. team round robin. I've got I've got Boston one. Tampa two, Washington three, Philly four. So based based on that, my matchups when we get to the when we finally get to the sixteen round of sixteen, which is under normal circumstances, is your normal playoff situation. Boston plays Columbus, right? Tampa plays the Islanders. Washington plays Carolina, and your Pennsylvania matchup of Philly and Pittsburgh. Won't that be fun? It, in the round of 16 in the East. That's that's how I see them finally uh, settling um, after the round robin and the play-in in the East. Yeah. I, I, those seeds, those matchups. Yep. Can't argue with that. Can't so. argue with that at all. I, and I do we do we agree then that, yeah, I think uh, Columbus, the Islanders, I got the Rangers uh, instead of Carolina, but they will, they would fall the same then. Except I, I kind of like Tampa to win that round robin, but who knows? Yep. I just I keep thinking, as does everybody else in the hockey world, that it's time for Tampa to hit the gas. Well, it's it, it was time for them to hit the gas. It two creates or three years the, ago. it creates the situation that you get with a number of teams. Tampa, you could lump Minnesota in there. Yep, you things like that. No matter how successful they teams have been compared to each other in the regular season and whatever else <laughs> Tampa Minnesota um, I it, I'm not I don't want to throw Vegas in me just because they haven't been around long enough um, Nashville um, te- you know teams like that where it's kind of like um, you could argue even Winnipeg a little bit where it's kind of like you established yourself here how long how much longer do you have to kind of push through and break through a little bit before you're back at square one. Right. Right. Well, and with, without, without anything coming to fruition, meaning without anything paying off. Right. So how long before you, okay, you break through, you win the Stanley cup, you start doing these things before now you're back at square one with nothing. And you're <laughs> kind of like, well, back to the drawing board and now start the process again. Well, there's, there's so, a handful of teams in this boat and you certainly believe that Toronto is one. Tampa for sure. Has Toronto have they has Toronto competed at at a top level long enough to be included though? That's my no. But the, my point here is that there are teams, there are a handful of teams in this playoff that are. It's not a matter of whose head is going to roll if they flunk out in the first round, but 
I mean, not if somebody, but which one is it going to be? I mean, I don't, I don't see the Leafs making a coaching change. I wouldn't be shocked at a coaching change maybe in Tampa if they don't get it done. You know, that Tampa roster is so good and they're so set for the long term. I, how could you make a lot of trades there? Yeah. But gee whiz, they something's got to give. The only, the one good thing about Tampa being an underachiever so far, other than the one deep run, that the town of Tampa doesn't go ape when you when you lose a hockey game in Toronto they'll be talking about this in 20 years yeah in Tampa they'll forget about it in 20 minutes yeah well just speaking of that as we transition to the to the west yeah a team that stands out to me with that quite with a question mark of what kind of longevity do they have just on cap situation is St. Louis are they a team that come this off season with rumors swirling that they're moving Petrangelo and possibly Jaden Schwartz, to name two guys, in order to clear cap space. Are are they a team that could fill that have guys that can fill those two spots, either in trade or in pipeline, and continue your the top of the Western Conference success, or are they, or are they another team where this year is this year's it, win it, go back to back, or here we go, we're going back to there i that's a really really good question i don't see i don't see them resigning petrangelo unless he's willing to take a bit of a hometown haircut but i don't i also don't think that they have they don't have a pipeline that's that's going to backfill him i mean nobody does when you lose a guy of that caliber i look for him to likely be gone i don't know where but boy I, they're their defense, uh, their defense pipeline is just not. I mean, there's nobody that's going to jump uh, jump into your lineup. Certainly, playing more than about 12 minutes from coming from their AHL team. Yeah. So, I'd be concerned about that. They're solid everywhere else. They're solid in goal. They're really good up front, and they don't have to make. They don't have to make huge moves to depend. <laughs> Here we go again to stay under the cap, which maybe. You know, uh, God and Gary Bettman know where the cap is headed, but with a playoff situation the way it is, what's going to happen there? Um, I, I just, they're, they've got some cap space to play with, depending on what they do with the middle part of the roster. So, yeah. Well, I, it, to, to me, another another one, real quick, before we get into the play, play in round in the West, um, it, where you kind of question the longevity is Nashville. <laughs> you know, you sign Matt Duchesne to a, a big money, long-term contract, right? Right. And, I mean, I'm looking at their contracts right now. You got uh, Michael Granlund is UFA. Craig Smith is UFA. Colin Blackwell is UFA. Dan Hamuse, uh, Holzer, uh, Yannick Weber, all UFAs, um, and Pekka Rene is a UFA. And so while the, in front of Pekka Rene on defense and up front, those aren't real big name guys that are free agents, right, that are 
due for either extensions or they're gone. I look at it and I go, based on their cap situation, based on Duchesne, based on probably wanting, do they want to re-sign Rene or do they go with Saros? Do, you know, these different things. Is this kind of it for them too in the in the play-in round in this year? Do they push through? This is their year to compete. And if nothing comes of it, all of a sudden Hines is, is removed as head coach and now you, now you start the rebuild contract-wise and everything like that to kind of go back through. That's my valid question, just simply because it's how long are, how long can you maintain cap wise amongst anything else being at near the top of the competitiveness in the National Hockey League with nothing to show for it before you kind of see that your window close a little bit. They've got a little bit of time left. I don't think uh, I mean Ham Hughes is not UFA until next year. Um, Rennie is UFA in 22. So he's got a little time. And he's 37 years old. So he's at the end of the line. I don't think they or anybody else will be re-signing Rennie unless it's for the league minimum. They're they're solid on defense. I think Fabro is ready to play Dan Hamhuse's role. They've got Matty Eckholm tied up for a long time. They've got Yossi uh, under contract forever. And they get Ryan Ellis for the next six or seven years. So they're they're okay. They just they need to start. They're at the bottom of the analytics in terms of guys like Johansson and Duchesne, uh, Forsberg, Tourists. I mean, they got some massive underachievement going on up front as far as goal scoring and shots on goal and and your you know your basic Corsi and Fenwick kind of analytics. They're they're not good five on five. Yeah. I, they've got to if this if that forward group picks it up, they're extremely good. If they don't, if they keep doing what they've been doing, they're they're headed home early. So these are all the ifs, and it's what makes sport great. But yeah. the the guys at the top have to get it done. Oh, absolutely. They also have just one stat that you may not hear everywhere uh, of the of the like 14 embellishment penalties handed out this year. I think seven or eight of them were from Nashville and the rest of the league had everything else. So you might guys might even clean that stuff up, yep. so but get uh, a hold of Victor Arvidsson and tell him to cut it out. Yeah. Quick fact. Um, Fabro and Jost, uh, were just playing golf at Sumac the other day. Oh, is that right? So, Oh, you know what? They're, uh, in, they're enjoying their time here in the Okanagan. Well, well, Things are um, still getting sorted out oh, nice. for returning to play. So, well, I gotta I gotta interrupt for just a second here on a very sad note. Um, Penticton V's minority owner Neil Jameson passed away. Yeah, passed away yesterday. Um, good guy, really, really good guy. Good in the community. Good for the game. Uh, did a lot with the V's and uh, lost his battle with cancer yesterday evening. Yeah. So, so, rest that, in peace, Neil. Good boy. Yeah. So anyway, uh, transitioning to the West, yep. uh, West play and start uh, again, bottom seating, um, Edmonton and Chicago. I, I got to I got to stick with the conventional wisdom and go with Edmonton here. They, they were playing well. I think they're a much better roster this year. They're playing like a much better team. Chicago is really 
a lot better than they started the year. To, to have them even over 500 right now is a little bit of a surprise. But I, I, Edmonton's been getting solid play from everywhere in that roster. So I got to stick with Edmonton here probably in four games. I think Chicago's still kind of grasping at trying to stay relevant a little bit. Yep. And to me, they're kind of nothing against the young guys that they're bringing in. No, no. Right? Um, that are do, that are doing tremendously within their lineup. But I think they're grasping a little bit to stay competitive. They're kind of that borderline where, where if they fight and claw, pick an amount of time, then they can have enough turnover in the roster and still be competitive through a rebuild, right? A quote rebuild. Or you lose in a play the play in round this year, whatever else, and you have no choice but to face the music and just do a f- kind of a full teardown rebuild. I think I think they're the point I'm trying to make is they're they're right on that line, right in the middle of which way are they gonna go. I couldn't agree more. They're 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 still solid in the core with Keith and Seabrook for the most part, Kane and Taves. Uh, they're getting really solid play out of Debrinket and tremendous mileage out of uh, Dominic Kubalik, who's what had 30 goals when the season shut down, something like that. I mean, yeah. the guy's just come out of nowhere. So that's taking a lot of pressure off up front. Uh, Boquist is not ready to play yet on defense. Slater Cuckoo's kind of a journeyman. Um, so they're, other than Oli Mata, uh, they're going to have some problems and I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent convinced. I like Corey Crawford a lot. He's done. He's had a great career. He's 35. If something happens to him, Malcolm Subban is, I'm sorry, nice kid, but he's just not going to get it done. And quite frankly, neither is Robin Leonard. So, no. Um, so you take those things into consideration and I have, I have Edmonton in five games. So I have Edmonton three, yeah. two over Chicago. I'll go with that. Um, knocking out Chicago and moving on in the play, from the play in, um, moving to the round of 16, uh, moving up the six and 11 matchup, Nashville Predators, Arizona Coyotes. You know, you know me on this one. I, I'm going to take Nashville probably in a sweep. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not convinced. I got nothing against the guys. I'm just not convinced Arizona is ready to go. I know they've been getting solid goaltending there. And I am, as you know, a big fan of Rick Tockett, but I just, I don't know. I just don't, I just, I'm not buying, not buying. Taylor Hall, Kessel, Stepan, okay. Clayton Keller's not shown that he's quite ready. I'll tell you who's the biggest gem in the world is Connor Garland. So I'd mention, I'd, you're forgetting somebody to mention. <laughs> No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, I'm... you are. Don't make, please don't make me stop when we finish recording. Text our favorite goaltender and tell him that you didn't mention him. So please just ob- objectively, you have no choice but to mention him because he fits in the same conversation as Derek Stepan and Phil Kessel and Ekman Larson. So come on, let's just let's just hear his name. You, you're not going to put this guy in that sentence. Let's just hear his, Come on. Vinny Hinestrosa. There you go. Vinny oh, Hinestrosa. You heard goodness. it here first. War Room the Hockey Podcast. Vinny Hinestrosa is one of the gems 
And one of the reasons that Arizona is as competitive as they are, Vinny Henestrosa, my bow to you, my friend, cheers. You, <laughs> you are a steal and you are a gem in, in Arizona. And you heard it here first, not only from me, but from my lovely partner here. He said your name. Moving on. He's going to Vancouver, be... <laughs> Vancouver, Minnesota, seven t- the seven ten matchup. Vin- Vinny, cheers to you. Here's to a, a tremendous uh, play-in play-in matchup against Nashville. You're, I've got Nashville three-one over over Arizona to move forward, but you're going to be the star for Arizona in that series. Vinny Henestrosa, <laughs> War Room Hockey Podcast, has endorsed Vinny Henestrosa. Friend of the show. seven and ten matchup, Vancouver and Minnesota. I'm taking Vancouver in a wash. You have a wash? I, I've got Vancouver sweeping Minnesota. I have it 3-1, so I have Minnesota at least getting one in, but um, it's as close to a wash as I think you're, you're going you're gonna to get in the West. I think every other matchup, you could argue, goes 5, 6, 7, depending on the series and the, and everything. But I think that's going to be as close to a wash as you're going to get. They're, they're .007 difference in win percentage so that wouldn't necessarily and minnesota got themselves crying out loud they got themselves to eight games over 500 with smoke and mirrors i just i i can't i can't get behind them here's something that we're forgetting too to mention that will throw a wrench into this everybody involved is is going to be as healthy as they can be Right. Yep. Coming into this, which is going to make it tremendous matchups. It's going to make it very difficult to to win it all. Fine, but what we're also forgetting is that there, whether we want to admit it or not, or whether we like it or not, there's a lot of players and a lot of buzz going on right now of players not wanting to be told when to return. There's some players, um, Nick Foligno in Columbus, one of them that has come out and stated, and I quote, it is important that players have the choice of when they want to return, when they're ready to return, and when they feel it's safe for them to return. Hmm. So now contracts state one thing, but the, the virus, I think, th- throws a wrench into what do lineups look like based on guys who go, I want to be with my family. I don't want to, re- I'm not ready to return yet. Hmm. You've heard yeah. it. You've heard, you've heard uh, Eric Stahl, like Nick Foligno, Eric Stahl in Minnesota, since we're talking about Minnesota. He's somebody who's come out and said he's uneasy at the idea of leaving his family right now. Hmm. So I, I'm not going to say that they're not going to be in the lineup because you're competing for the Stanley Cup. Let's be real here. Right. Um, plus, on top of that, you're under contract. But do we see some leeway a little bit with those things from the league and from organizations based on safety and comfortability for their players? It's at least something, it's at least a question to consider heading into things. So that is a good question. And I wonder how that is affected by the contracts, because certainly there was nothing in anyone's contract ever since the beginning of frozen water. There's never been a contract that said anything about some sort of pandemic relief, but what does that mean if a guy refuses to report what happens yep. what happens to his his cap hit what happens to his contract what do you do well, that's what guys? i mean yeah. obviously there's a cap obviously there's contract concerns um but it's something to at least consider because multiple players have come out and stated that they are 
uneasy at the idea of returning and un, and <laughs> not sure how they feel about being away from their family Be and the things like that. Interesting so, things to see coming so up it's, here. It'll, it'll be interesting to see when things finally officially return to play. Do you see Eric Stahl in Minnesota's lineup? Do you, I got a do you see do you see certain players in the lineup yeah, or are what, they at home? You right. know what I mean? Who's, so, who shows up and who doesn't? Maybe this would be a good time for the league to outlaw the flyby after a goal is scored. Outlaw the, the train and just no, get rid of that altogether. I think I it's very dangerous I, to do that. I, I think can't give you credibility on that I, statement. Everybody simply because, simply because in previous episodes, first of all, you have been so against it for obvious old school, I can't believe people wear helmets type of mentality. <laughs> But two, looking at your face right now as you said it, you're just trying to push my buttons. <laughs> the f- the fly by the bench, whether Me? you you want whether you want to admit it or not, <laughs> is an integral traditional part of the game. It is camaraderie. It is team. It is the whole point. You score a goal. You celebrate with your team. Here you go, at a boy. You celebrate. We're not in the fifties anymore. This is hockey today. You fine youth hockey, fine. Don't do the flyby. But in the NHL, you're scoring a game seven overtime winner. Everybody pile off the bench and jump on the guy. That's different. Fly by, fly by the bench and give give fist bumps to your boys. Give fist bumps to your teammates. That's the whole point. So. No, I don't give credibility to that. All right, whatever. Also, because you've been very vocal about <laughs> anti-coronavirus. Screw that. I don't buy this. I don't buy yep. that. So I don't buy that you're actually stating something that you feel is unsafe in regards to this. So any, anyway, moving on to the 8-9 matchup, Calgary, Winnipeg. I Love the Jets, Shifley and Wheeler and and Mo. Uh, love what they've done. Big fan of uh, both of these organizations right now. I Winnipeg is just so depleted on defense. I don't believe they're going to hold up. Uh, plus, somehow, some way, I still hold out hope that through all the reseeding and the play-ins and playoffs and everything else, that we see Calgary and Edmonton before this is over. Uh, to get. Based on based on the reseeding of things, to get to Calgary and Edmonton, Calgary and Edmonton would basically have to be the final two Conference teams final. remaining in the yeah. West. Yeah. So, and well, I unfortunately I I won't say it's impossible. I'm just saying objectively, I don't see that. Happening. So you're saying there's a chance. Right. So <laughs> they've made a meme about that with Montreal. <laughs> Lloyd, Jim, <laughs> Lloyd, Lloyd, it's Christmas. Lloyd Christmas from that scene <laughs> and super and put superimposed on him is a Montreal Canadian helmet with the visor with the visor popped up kind of like um, what's Leo his name? Komarov. Like Komarov. Yeah. And it's underneath it. It's it has to do with Toronto with Montreal competing in the playoffs for the Stanley Cup. And it's the question of the quote. So you're saying there's a so chance. You're saying there's a so, chance. But no, I've I've got I've got Calgary three two over Winnipeg. Yeah, hate to see it happen. Five game but. series, three two over Winnipeg. It's just um I Calgary to me is still 
on the rise a little bit and Winnipeg is plateauing a little bit in regards to their competitiveness um, within the league right now. So uh, 3-2 Calgary over Winnipeg and that closes out the play-in in the West. However, just like in the East, we do have to discuss where we see uh, the top four teams falling seeding-wise after the round robin. The West intrigues me, and I'm going to say again that the Stanley Cup winner is going to come out of the West. I like Colorado, probably the best, my most uh, I wouldn't say favorite, but I like the I like what they do. If they get solid goaltending, they're as good or better than anybody. St. Louis, you cannot argue with. Vegas is extremely tough, and again, if if Fleury is solid, and Dallas, my Dallas is my sleeper team. So I, I love what they're doing, but I I'm gonna I'm gonna see Colorado at the top when they get done. So Colorado, St. Louis, Vegas, and Dallas. And that's in order of the, mm-hmm. how you see it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's pretty close. I mind. I still have St. Louis finishing one, Colorado two, Vegas three, Dallas four. To me, that's how the seeding falls. Which means um, the matchups when you get to the six, the round of sixteen would be um, St. Louis, Calgary, Colorado, Vancouver, Whew. Vegas, Nashville. Dallas, Edmonton. Wow. This is just going to be fun. This uh, this really gets me going again. This is what we were talking about, I think, the, the week or two before the season shut down. You always ask the question, what are we looking forward to? I said everything. Who knew that the place was going to lock up? I wanted. I could not wait till tomorrow. Yep. So it's getting exciting. Uh, we're getting close to it. Um, again, uh, question to, to consider, and there's a lot to it given contracts, but it's something to at least ponder what will ro- uh, rosters and lineups look like uh, given uh, decisions individual players might make despite any contract issues or whatever um, in regards to their safety in returning. Um, you, right. and I, you and I agree on this whole thing, so again, they're safe, they're being tested, Everything's going to be done the right way in that regard. So just return and play and compete for the cup. But um, it's at least something to ponder. Um, what do lineups look like? Is that Eric Stahl there for Minnesota? Nick Felino's the captain, so he probably will. But will he be there for Columbus um, to name two? So it's something to at least ponder. Who knows how it'll play out? Um, well, But it, it, also, it also creates a question of, um, does the league allow for m- more than four black aces too? Um, I would for, certainly for teams think so. given certain aspects like that. So well, you, you know, at the end of each year, and you given get your, that the AHL season was canceled, right? So AHL's canceled. If you if you loosen that up, at the end of each season, at the end of each regular season, you get four free call ups. There's no salary cap in the postseason. Uh, you can fill your press box basically. So I would hope that they let guys do that. And then, because then if a guy says, I don't feel like I'm, it, it's safe for me to show up for work. You got a guy at least you've in. got somebody else that you can bring in that you've got under contract. Yeah. So nope, but it's, it's exciting. Um, getting close. Phase two should be beginning here in the next week or so, um, as things move forward. So, uh, a lot to look forward to, um, 2014, um, 
playoff. Really, it's a 16-team playoff um, classified as a 2014 playoff. Um, but really, it's 16 teams with eight other teams playing for the right to be included in the playoffs is kind of how I yeah. kind of how I classify it. Doesn't make it any less exciting or more difficult, any less difficult to to win it all. But that's kind of how I see it. Eight teams um, on each side. Yeah, well, not eight on each side. Sorry, eight teams to play for the right to be included in the playoffs, and then once you're there, sixteen teams in the playoffs. So that's how I see it. It's exciting. Yeah, um, I, it's it's a good format under the circumstances. It's probably as practical as you could come up with. And once they start and get the the play in round over with, and all of that wailing and gnashing of teeth is done for the teams that got upset by a lower seed uh, that were in a playoff spot when it ended and they're not now all of a sudden when that, when all that crying and complaining is done, then we'll, we can forget all that and start back into a regular playoff set uh, best of seven, 16 teams and just give her. I'm excited for some of the matchups. though. once we get to the 16 teams based on who, who wins in the, based on top four seeding and then who wins in the play, the play in, um, Based on all that, and I and based on that, man, I, I'm jumbling a little bit. I had it backwards. Sixteen teams playing for the play-in, eight teams in the playoffs right now. So sixteen teams, eight right. on each side, playing for the right to be included in the playoffs, with eight teams w- waiting for them. Right. So I, I had it backwards. Um, but it, interesting matchups. It's not based the on, first time you've gotten something backward. Vinny Hinestrosa, um, based on um, <laughs> who wins the play-in. You know. Do we see a Pittsburgh Philly matchup? Oof. Do we, based on seeding, based on who wins, based on how things fall, do we see a Calgary Edmonton matchup? Rangers Islanders. Do we, you know, yeah. who, how do we see it? So it's exciting. I'm sure rooting for that Boston Toronto first round matchup again. Well, right? Toronto's going to get through Columbus first. So. <laughs> and based on your own words, that's not, you said no. that's not likely to happen. I don't so. like that chance. But anyway, based on that, what are we looking forward to? Well, the uh, by the time this episode drops, the guys, at least a lot of them, will be back to back to practice the training facilities, facilities and, and they'll be back on the ice together and getting back at it. So uh, just looking to make sure you see who gets healthy. Is Brock Besser okay? Is Josh Anderson back? Some of these longer-term guys, uh, what's the status on all these characters? And, and, uh, and what happens? I'm just praying that this doesn't turn into a some sort of a virus debacle where four or five guys come up testing positive and they got to shut everything back down again. Be a wreck. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree, but no, um, looking forward to make sure my Netflix bill is paid every month. (laughs) Yes. Mate, looking forward to players returning to facilities and getting going a little bit. So I'm Um, sure they are too, but yeah. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for your patience and your support. Our listeners are the driving force behind what we do. We can't thank you enough for continuing to tune in. Make sure you head to um, Facebook and Instagram, Warroom the Hockey Podcast and at Warroom the Hockey Podcast, respectively. www.warroomhockey.com, where you can also find the latest episodes. Um, make sure you head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you s- subscribe, you rate and review, share, family and friends. 
continue to help us grow, uh, and we greatly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning, or thank you for joining. Sorry, My in pleasure. studio again. Absolutely, and, my pleasure uh, every time. Listen, every tune into our developmental podcast as well. Uh, most of those are kept separate from the uh, from the pro version. Uh, tune into that thing. Tell your friends, and we would love to hear your feedback, especially if it's good. My uh, my fragile psyche really needs a little bit of boost right now. I can pump up my tires a bit here. Yes. So, but anyways, thank you for joining in studio again. And um, my pleasure. I'm Evan Rauer with Warren the Hockey Podcast, and we'll see you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Mm-hmm.